Listen, there are spoilers ahead for the manga that we read, which includes One Piece, Boku no Hero Academia, Chainsaw Man, Jujutsu Kaisen, and Dr. Stone. Oh, and uh, solo leveling. Right, and solo leveling. But we may talk about others. Who knows what we're going to get into. The point is, there are spoilers ahead. Enter at your own risk. Hey guys, welcome back to the Weekly Spate. Uh, I'm Dylan, that's Jake. How are you, Jake? I'm good, I'm good. It yeah. Was a lazy Sunday today, it was pretty nice. Happy Sunday, everyone. Hope things are doing well wherever you are. Uh, no Eagles lost today, so we can always chalk that up. They'll lose tomorrow. But for now, things are good. Jake, how are you? Anything going on? I'm, I'm good. Uh, not all that much going on. I'm, uh, you know progressing in in i i started we'll get to this at the end of the podcast i started the uh fire force manga today i had seen an okay you know probably four or five episodes of of the anime and i was really into it but i was like you know what i really just want to chug this on manga so that i can actually get through it at a decent clip yeah and it's really good so far so we'll talk more about that at the end of the podcast yeah um, other than that not too much yeah thanksgiving's come and gone so we're just kind of Chillin', lullin', nothing's going on. But before we start, I actually do want to talk about, because I started reading Golden Kamui, and I just want to put this out there. Like, it's definitely worth reading. It's it's a little bit of a slow burn so far, but the premise is just so cool. The, the premise is it's, like, beginning of the Meiji period, so, like, 1903 in Japan, in Hokkaido, and this guy in a prison tattooed 20 prisoners with, like, a map to this massive amount of gold. So if you get the skin of all 20 prisoners and put it together, you can get the gold. And it's about a guy who is a soldier at uh, Port Arthur, which is a big Japanese victory, Immortal Sugimoto, and he's on a quest for the gold, and his partner is, uh, like, an Ainu girl. Ainu's, like, the indigenous people of Hokkaido. Very cool. It, it's a slow burn, like I said, because it's not quite getting there yet, but it's it's fun. I like it so far. So... Golden Kamui stamped, but the, the anime is not that good because the animation's kind of whack. Anyway, moving on. Uh, the spate is pretty good this week. Everything was back. There was no, uh, nothing was on break, I don't think. Uh, and we have a lot to talk about. So, Jake, what would you like to start with today? Um, I'm thinking Boku is, is a We good, have to. We have to start. I was hoping you'd say that. Yeah. I, I, Boku, the hype has been growing, and then this week they said... Yeah, you can have an extra helping of hype, of hype today. It's Thanksgiving. It's, it's bobbin. Yeah. Loki Boku is also approaching a milestone chapter. You know, we're, we're, we're very close to 300. This is Boku 292 that we're discussing right. this week. So that's that. And then just more in generally, this is really... I mean, we've had an extended climax to this arc that's already been a sort of, you know, whirlwind arc with a lot of... Uh, <laughs> I, I wonder if I should veer off course to explain this. When I first started watching anime um, in high school, uh, I would watch, like, clips. Not not clips, actually. I, I would listen to a lot of OSTs on YouTube. You know, Naruto and One Piece, for the most part, those are the first two that I, I really ever watched. And I, I would watch, uh, I would, like, listen to uh, soundtrack clips on YouTube. And um, on this one One Piece sound track song 
it, like it's. I think it was the one that goes dunum. That's overtaken. Dunum, or is it angry? Ang- I think that's angry. Overtaken. Um, no, nah, it may not have even been that one. It might have been the one with like tons of like those huge organ chords. Oh, I know what you're talking um, about. But there's this guy who had like this t- like broken English in the comments. He's like, when you hear this with like ten periods, dot 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 dot, you know something strong is going to occur. Like <laughs> <laughs> has stuck with me for a decade now. Uh, just like uh, you know, oh man, something strong. So. Strong things have been occurring throughout this whole <laughs> this whole Boku arc, but you know we we've been at this sort of extended climax now. And this chapter, as you were saying, is like you know we're we're pushing it to the hilt. Um, and what's cool is it's not like the the main story arc is always going to be hype. You know stuff that involves Deku and One for All and Shiggy that's going to be hype just by the pure fact of it. But this chapter was hype like on its own merit. Yeah, this was this was tons of. Tons of reveals. Really good stuff going on. So first of all, best genist, uh, contrary to what I thought, he's holding his own. He he manages to um, you know, subdue Gigantamachia and all the villains basically in one go. Insta yeah. GG's the the scene. He's coming in full health and he does have the boxes of of string, so that's helpful. But yeah, it still exceeded my expectations on that one. We'll have to, it doesn't seem like, you know, for, for things that we'll explain are about to happen in this chapter, um, doesn't seem like we're going to get the immediate backstory right now on how uh, Best Genist ended up surviving, but um, it, definitely imminent. Is you, you'd the, think, right? It would be pretty yeah. weird to just They drop. threw out the panel in there that, that's Dobby, like, I saw a real corpse, how did you yeah. do it? Maybe it's the Doflamingo, I... I sewed up my insides. Yeah, Yeah, so that's cool. Uh, What's his best genus is mixing people. Yeah, so he, he, um, like, there there isn't really even any mix from him. It's, he snapped his fingers and bound up everybody on the scene in an instant. But the, the big stuff that we have going on in that sort of first half of the chapter is that Machia is sort of halfway struggling to break free of these cords, and Spinner, of all people, realizes that it's because he's just that type of guy. He can't go all out without an order from Shiggy. So he's like, hey, yo, Shiggy, you got to wake up, man. Like, just give him the order and he'll go crazy. I kind of shit on Spinner, but now I'm starting to understand his role. He's like the the heart of this group. Like, he, he for some reason, is the guy that... He's he- kind of got, like, this sort of average Joe quality to him. That- yeah, he's just a lizard guy. <laughs> like, that's it. Yeah. Um, so he, you know, he, he's trying to get this message to him, to Shiggy, like, yo, you got to wake up. At the same time, um, Dobby is able to break free of the string. So now we know that it they aren't like, you know, maybe they do have some heat resistance, but Dobby can just burn above and beyond and get yeah. out of them. And so as Spinner is shouting at Shiggy, Neji Ray notices Spinner and starts firing an energy beam, and the newly freed Dobby just hits her with full. It's she's never gonna get her moment, bro. It's I feel bad for Neji Ray. Like she she should be as nice as Sun Eater and Lamillion, but it's never gonna happen for her. Uh, Dobby had a pretty cool line there. He's like, "Hey, check it out, Endeavor. Another kid burnt to a crisp by your power." <laughs> He's he's got a nice sort of rhetorical position here where anything he does he can just say look oh oh yeah. look, look what Endeavor did 
Yeah, this he, is your fault, Endeavor. This is you doing this. It, I do like that, and I still fuck with Dobby, but in this chapter, he, he, he positions himself more as just, like, chaotic evil rather than, like, a evil guy with a, with a mission. Because Shoto is like, you could have killed your brother with that villain. He's like, yeah, that, I, I don't care about anything. I'm burning all yeah, the fucking yeah, yeah. ground. He's like, I'm past feelings. <laughs> Shoto. It just, again, I think he's, he's a very, you know, like from sort of a rhetorician standpoint, he's got a, he's got a nice corner here where, uh, yeah. you know, I, I, I could just, you know, burn a school bus full of kids. And it's like, oh, look what Endeavor did. Yeah. I mean, it's not a hundred percent wrong. It's Endeavor was definitely there when the shit was going down. So, that's great. We get we get uh, the start of a fight, Shoto and Dobby. Yeah, they're sort of locked in in a That's gonna clash be of fiery passion there. But the main thing that we need to talk about, shit right. is going crazy so, because Shigaraki says, Makia, go go wild, and he does. All hope is lost, and then... So setting the scene a little bit, I have this one note from when I was, you know, halfway through reading the chapter that they, they go for one page to... Um, Endeavor's um, subordinates who are trying to fight back these Nomus who are on the way to the scene. Um, and Burnin is about to get, you know, eaten by this, like, worm-looking thing. And one of the subordinates go, you know, goes, Burnin, oh, no, like, oh, she's about to get eaten. And just, a, like, a mystery limb comes in. You can tell this thing got the shit kicked out of it, but who who is it? And I have this note down, I'm like, who could this possibly be? We're out of people. Yeah, nobody's there, left. There, there, there's no one left. I, I like the one thing I was throwing out there is like maybe Mirko, you know, like a like a last ditch. Like I, I know I got beaten up, but give me ten minutes and I'm back in the fight type of thing. But no. uh, we see who this really was by the time the chapter ends because so the the situation right as you described is that Shiggy finally gets this order off. Machia, you can go crazy. Um, and he does. He he starts really struggling now against it. And Best Genus, who now has no control over Dobby, has everything focused on Machia, keeping Machia controlled. But Nomu's inbound. Oh, no. If those Nomu's get to Best Genus, then he won't be able to keep his focus on Machia. And, uh, you know, someone has to intervene to save Best Genus from these Nomu. Who could it be? No one's going to be able to get there in time besides one beautiful boy. Fucking Lamillion, bro. He's back! He's back, baby! Power! Dude, I... Nothing makes me more hype than Lamillion. He's the fucking man. I'm so jazzed that he's back. And he's kicking ass. His quirk is back. He's coming out of the ground, beating people's asses. Let's go. I, now, we probably should talk about how we think he's come back, but just for a second, fuck yeah, Lamillion, I'm stoked that you're back, man. Shit is rad. Yeah, he's just such an incredible character that we love so much, and we all knew, you know, that the fact that Aerie existed and the way that was all shaking out, we, we knew that he was... We, we didn't know it. We, we, everyone had a strong hunch that he was getting his quirk back. Yeah, but I, I would have put money on he's going to show up a long time from now, like maybe even in the in the final battle, because... They hyped him up to be so powerful. Like he 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 fucked up Overhaul, who's a pretty strong villain, and he having him around is like a big boost for the heroes. So I would have figured you save him so you really need him. But they really need him right now. So 
That's that's the time, I guess. I have a couple of other notes that I think we can visit later. While we're on the subject, let's get into it a little bit. How do we think that um, he got his quirk back? We know it's something to do with Aerie, but what was well, it? Well, that's, that's the, the most likely scenario. I, I wouldn't put it past if they found... No, let, it's Aerie. I think it's unlikely that she can control her power. She's six, and, like, just a week ago in story time, she was yeah. in Overhaul's care. And, and also, as you mentioned, uh, oh, that wasn't a week ago. What, was it? I don't, I don't know. I'd nah, have to check the time. A little bit longer. It was, very, it was yeah. very recent as far as her power is concerned and her being a six-year-old is concerned. And probably chiefly, as you mentioned, not that this is a big deal for every shonen writer, but I've been impressed with Kohei's writing so far. Um, she... Having her be in control of her power is is uh, like just complete, you know, MacGuffin. Like, yeah. you know, you just delete anything that happened. Like, She's the control she, Z. Anything exactly that right. She can just say, "Oh, we're gonna revert. Everyone died. Not anymore. I've reverted them to back to being alive." So, so I I think I think like you said, it's it's pretty unlikely that up oh, Eric can control her power now, you know, just waltz into the room and, and restore his quirk. Which leaves us with two options as far as I see it or we see it when we were discussing it earlier today. One, Ari had some sort of rampage, maybe perhaps like a, a significant emotional event that poured forth her quirk again and Mirio happened to be in the room and he was on the receiving side of a happy accident, perhaps also due, if it was an emotional event, to the bond that he's sort of created with Aerie since then. Uh, or other option is they scienced a sort of quirk reversal, quirk restoring serum out of Aerie because they were able to do that the other way with getting the quirk erasing serum out of Aerie. That's that's interesting, and it do, if they were to do that, that doesn't have like a massive impact on the story where it makes things too easy for the heroes because basically all that does is negate the quirk erasing drug, which is fine with me because that's not really Shiggy's main thing, right? It, so that's not a massive debuff. It just kind of takes off the board this this thing that was there, which is we can remove people's quirks now, which would be my go-to plan if I was Shiggy, like just shoot everyone with these bullets and then GGs. Yeah, yeah. And and it also doesn't necessarily, like, it's not a 100% foolproof thing. Although, if the if the heroes are smart and they know about the fact that Shiggy still has quirk erasing bullets and they have a quirk restoring serum now, everybody should have that thing on them at all times. Yeah, that's, that's a mandatory which, which, vaccine. <laughs> actually, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> the, the mark of the beast is upon me. <laughs> Um, <laughs> the, something I didn't even think about is that if they were able to develop this serum, um, Aizawa should have known about that and not had to cut off his leg. Unless he's like, I need in this exact moment. Yeah, I think it's more like to, to... he he has to still be in play in that moment because at the time he's the only one holding Shigaraki yeah, back. So yeah, it's like okay, so it's yeah. still justified even yeah. if he had. Not, because he he's been intimately involved with the whole airy situation, so I was thinking like, okay, if they were able to get this serum, then he should have known about it for sure. Yeah. But I think that explains it. And then I think in general, right, like moving forward, you have to have that on hand all the time. Pretty much. You you probably sh if that's the case, he should have had it on hand 
Uh, well, maybe if we say this, maybe it wasn't ready when they went into this big battle, or, or yeah, they just perfected it in the last couple hours. Yeah, I, I, that's not too much of an ass pull. Yeah, I, I, I think I'm pretty confident that there will be a reasonable explanation. At least I'm hoping. Yeah. Like, well, but it's not that big of a deal to me. Uh, you know, as long as as long as it doesn't involve the scenario we were describing before, where Ari has control over Quirk and anything can just be deleted now, Control Z. Um, then I I don't really care if it's a serum yeah, or if, if it's just some, you know, power of friendship type of thing where she, you know, gave him his quirk back. Uh, what matters is the man is back. He's here. And he's and back on the scene in a big way. Full health. Full health bar. He's ready to fucking throw down. And if he's the most, maybe not the most powerful, short of All Might, I would put him pretty close to the most powerful so I'm ready to see him kick some ass, bro. He's definitely a dude you want on the scene in a scenario where, I mean, he's applicable in pretty much every scenario. He's he's a perfect hero. He can he has the firepower to go toe to toe with a singular very strong person. Although that might be his weakest in his hero capabilities suite. He has insane ability to to room clear. Yeah. Right? You know, like, a scenario like this where it's like, however many Nomu, he just zip, 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 you know, okay, they're done. And he has impeccable uh, rescue capabilities, again, because of that, you know, I'm just grabbing this person and then basically teleporting them to safety. Let's not forget, he's a hard counter to both Shiggy and Dobby. They can't touch him. They can't burn him. So, that's, that's who you want on the scene. Like, he, he can pretty much, I think, take anybody that the League can throw at him. Maybe he can't uh, hurt Giganomachia, but likewise, Machia can't hurt him. So I mean, a draw. somebody with a really um, high reflex stat could be able to do the Minato thing, where it's like, okay, the moment that you're, uh, you know, rematerializing to punch me, then I can hit you with this attack. But I don't like Dobby or Shiggy. How are, how are they doing? Guys? Yeah, especially not not Shiggy right now. He's he's hurting. Like he's insanely weakened. Yeah. yeah, and I'm I'm curious to see. Well, although actually, how does Sh- Shiggy doesn't need to touch to decay now? So how would that interact? He doesn't need to touch the person, but he does need to touch something, right? He can touch the ground and decay the ground, but uh, Mirio can just phase. He can he can just say. Yeah, but yeah. would that? <clears throat> I I don't think that would affect him, but. Just out of curiosity, like when Mirio's when Mirio's phasing, his cor- corporeal b- body is actually like in a like pocket dimension or something. No, it's or? not. It's not that. It's that he just basically shuts off his mass, so he just falls through the floor. They they well no no they they actually describe it as like clipping in a video game where like his body is occupying the exact same space. Right, when as... he turns when he turns his quirk off and he shoots back out, that's how he teleports. But in terms of what like I guess the way that um Shiggy could get him is he he can be um intangible but still standing by keeping like the bottoms of his feet tangible. Mm-hmm. Otherwise he would fall through the floor. Right. So but if any part of him is tangible when I don't know if decay. I, I'm imagining decay works as like a wave. Yeah, basically. You know, if any part of him is, is tangible when that's going past him, and if Shiggy is sending that out continuously, like he's been in a couple of fights or that we've assumed him to be doing, then it might not necessarily be the exact hard counter that we would imagine it as in, but in Shiggy's previous. Do you form. think if he's getting decayed and then he goes intangible, then the decay will stop? 
Like if I have decay on my hand, then I just go phase. Mm, yeah, I, 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 the way that I understand both of those powers, I think it would, right? Right, I, I think because the way it operates is like people can cut off their limbs to prevent it from spreading. So if you could just phase through the decay, I'm like, yeah. I, I don't know. We'll see. I don't know. But I, 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 I think the, the big thing is that we've seen that air, it doesn't travel through air. It has to be solid material. So if what's replacing the, <laughs> this is sort of hard to think through. What's replacing the area where his, his fingers were when he phases his fingers out is air, then that the decay is stopping there. It's not like it would eat through the air and resume at the next corporeal body part. So I think we're, I think we're in agreement here that it, he couldn't, uh, he he could Mirio could stop the effects of decay with with his quirk. Yeah, I I'm I'm pretty like Mirio's a great hero who can save a million lives. He could do anything. That's the most important. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm just gonna say again, Deku, you're out of the fight. Just give your quirk to Mirio. We don't need you. Mirio is so much better than you in every way, and that's it. It's fine. It it, it bears repeating. We we shan't harp on it, but it, we we've established this point before. It should have been Mirio. Yeah, and now Deku is contemplating, like, he can't move, so I'm going to use Float and Black Whip to fucking wheelchair myself into this battle. Like, this is actually a point that I wanted to get into. Uh, did did they just sort of, is it in one panel, did they retcon uh, the whole, like, uh, don't bust up your arms too much, kid? You could just get, like, some steel, like, he doesn't even need control of them as limbs now. They just need to be blunt battering things, and he can completely use quirks to to have insane mobility. Yeah, I mean, between float and... Because, yeah, Black Whip replaces limbs, and float lets you move... Yeah, he, yeah. he could just be a quadriplegic and still be kicking ass, basically. Not you, to mention, uh, you know, all-for-one wind attacks, then you start getting crazy mobility. I say, I'm floating, and then I, I shoot off a high-powered wind attack in the opposite direction, and now I'm traveling could, 200 miles per hour. And you know. Can he do a wind attack with the Black Whip? Because my understanding was, was the muscles in his arm is generating the wind force. Right. You know, you, you make Black Whip into, like, a fan, or like a sail, and then wash that super hard, yeah. at the, at, and th then you're traveling insanely fast. Yeah. I don't, I, all those things, to me, would... That's that's all right. That that's wild, like fan crafting about what he could possibly do. But to me, that that I saw a seed of this idea in that panel. That's like, okay, everything that was sunk into, like, don't do this too often, kid. You gotta break your arms forever. And uh, you know, now it's well, and now it's him thinking like, I can use my quirks to get back into battle right now, and my whole body is busted. Well, but I mean, I don't think that negates what you're saying. Like, I think the consequence of this could be like his arms are fucked, and then he just figures out how to use his quirks to compensate for that, which would be interesting. Like, you know, he's the symbol of peace, but no arms. That's, that's kind of cool, maybe. So, uh, I don't know. Are there any handicapped heroes? I can't think of any. I don't know. We got to read uh, the wheelchair basketball one. <laughs> 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 um... Yeah. Uh, anyways, that 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 was not a uh, huge question. Just a small thought I had is like, does that retcon that? And it, I would say not completely, but it's an interesting uh, dynamic to keep in mind. It certainly points in the direction that maybe he's gonna go. You know, moving forward, mm -hmm. uh, like because even with the shoot style thing, they were 
already kind of hinting at this idea of like you're not gonna have your arms long term. You you fucked them up too bad. Uh, I I I screwed up. I left my drink like three paces away from where I'm sitting right now. A rookie mistake, everyone. It's okay. These are the the deep nitty gritties of recording a podcast. You gotta you gotta have your fuel. Have your drink in arm's length. It's, yeah. Uh, Arnold Palmer. Arnold Palmer. I ever tell you the the joke about the drink Arnold Palmer? No. I'll try and keep it snappy. So it's like Arnold Palmer. It was like golfing on a super hot day and came into the clubhouse after he was done. He said to the bartender, "He's like, uh, I, I don't even want any alcohol. It's just so hot. Give me your most refreshing drink." That uh, you have, and the bartender's like, you know what? I got just the thing. My secret recipe. I'll, I'll, I'll whip one up for you. He does the half iced tea, half lemonade. He hands it to Arnold Palmer. And Arnold Palmer has a sip. He's like, mmm, delicious, so refreshing. I just invented it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that 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 Deku plot point is ju- is just a small question. Uh. Next on my list, that's perhaps, uh, you know, um, it, basically the same caliber of question is, what's the deal with uh, the sleepy juice that they gave Makia? Yeah, they, that shit has kind of just gone away. They did make a point to say, like, it's going to take a while to hit, but come on, man. People were throwing their bodies at this guy to make this shit happen. It was like a big moment for Class 1A, and then... Yeah, a ton of professional heroes said, you know, we'll, we're, we're throwing our lives down on the line here to, to make sure that this gets in. Yeah, I mean... Oh, yeah. Also, we haven't we haven't heard from the uh, Midnight Front for a while. She's about to get ganged oh, I think up she's on dead. the forest. Or like... For or, show? Not dead, but seriously incapacitated. It just seems to me like there was a very clear inheriting of wills with Momo in that moment. It seems very fun. Then again, I did think the same thing about Mike Guy when he opened the eighth gate, and he just is in a wheelchair now, still bopping around, so who knows? Mike Guy is a, is a wheelchair hero, but <laughs> he, not a hero while he's in the wheelchair. <laughs> uh, yeah. There's probably some, like, uh, Boruto thing I haven't seen or whatever. That's him, his blazing youth, like, racing Kakashi through the village on, on his wheelchair. <laughs> If, if it doesn't exist, it should. Oh, by the way, I, apparently Kishimoto is returning to write the Boruto manga. Manga news. That's Somewhat interesting. He really did break my heart with Naruto, though. I, I don't know how much interest I have in Boruto. Uh, listen, uh, I sort of... I didn't even really realize to begin with that he wasn't writing Boruto, and I <laughs> had no interest in it. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, not, not, not that big for me, but listener son, if you have interest in Boruto or the continued adventures of Masashi Kishimoto, then, you know, cause for rejoice. Anyway, with regards to the sleep juice, my prediction will be, uh, they get out of here, they being the League of Villains escape, then Makia goes down, which is basically just an easy way to take him off the board for a while. Because otherwise, the, the villains just have an overwhelming, like, power advantage, you know? And they can just be like, oh, he, he surpassed his limits, but now this, the sleep juice got him. He's going to be asleep for exactly 50 chapters, and then he'll come back. Well, do you think they'll still be in the course of this fight in 50 chapters? Or do you think he, like, falls down and the, and the heroes, like, capture him? No, I think or... they, they escape. The, le- the League escapes from here. They retreat. And then Makia goes into, like, 
airplane mode, hibernation. Yeah, but I was assuming that, you know, that there would be sort of a, a rest period after this whole conflagration anyway. I mean, Shiggy needs a certain amount of time to... to... Yeah, but I'm, I'm just thinking in, in terms of, like, if you don't take Makia off the board, like, the, the heroes really have no answer for him. So, from a storytelling perspective, it maybe makes sense to, to just be like, he's going away for a while. Yeah, yeah, uh, I agree, I agree. Um, and I think you're right that, like, it just could kick in sort of after the immediate crisis. Although, it's, just it's, still holding out hope for the Uraraka space cannon shot. I really, especially, just the shit with Nejire is pretty whack, so I'm really needing Ochako to get Yo, a pop-off moment. What do we think happened with her? She got toasted. That, yeah. that was a direct shot. And Dobby's like, yo, check that out, Endeavor. I just fucking toasted this girl to a crisp. If I was a betting man, I would say she's fine. Like, out of the battle, but no long-term damage. Which is whack, because, yeah, that was a full burn to the face. And then... But maybe they could do some shit like spiral energy shield or whatever. Yeah, the energy powers <clears throat> give a lot of sort of uh, leeway with, with stuff like that. You know, who knows what. Also, just frankly, like, she didn't have enough invested in her character that her death would really mean anything. Yeah. So it, Well, the other thing I was thinking is it could be uh, sort of a trade with the with the big three where you get a million back on the playing field, but then Nedure is sort of GG'd. I mean, that's cool, but... Like, you, you know, crippled and, crippled and no longer hero viable. I'm definitely down for you know, heavy permanent consequences. It's just like Nejire was not someone I really gave a shit about. So if that's the one, it's like having Lock Rock go down. It's like, right. okay, no more Lock Rock, I guess. That's fine. Uh, yeah, it's, 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 not a, it's not a toughie from an emotional standpoint or really a strategic standpoint. Yeah, I would standpoint. make that, oh, Lemillion back, but no Nejire, deal. Every yeah. time, deal. Every single time. Um, that's, that's pretty much it as far as things I wanted to discuss, so maybe let's look the future a little bit. Um, yeah, well, cool fights coming up. We got Dabi Shoto, which is great. Possibly, uh, crippled Deku flying around and slashing people with his mind whips, which is cool. But really, who's Lemillion about to mix? I mean, it could be maybe Compress. He's full strength. That's, that's GG's. Yeah. That's, that's... Not even close to, but yeah, maybe it'll just be what you said. He just clears all the Nomus and everyone's like, oh yeah, Lemillion, you did it. Yeah. But the villains um, escape. But I mean, if we consider it to be this sort of like, you know, like in chess where you have pieces pinned by each other, like Machia is pinned by Best Genist, who is pinned by the Nomus. So you free best genist from being pinned by the Nomus with the arrival of Lemillion, and theoretically then Machia should still be restrained. How Ma How's Machia going to get up if the imminent threat of the Nomus is held yeah. back? Yeah, well, we know Dobby can burn the string, so there's always the out there, and if they can mm -hmm. free Machia, they might be able to escape at this point. It feels like this this battle is is in the, the denouement. Like, we got the climax with All for One, and now we're kind of on the back end, which is cool. But it doesn't feel like it, I mean, maybe not. 300 is coming up, as you say, so yeah. it's possible they could shoot it back up. But nobody's left on either side. Like, everybody's is cooked, pretty much. I wouldn't say we're in the denouement right now. Like, this is definitely still hype and combat-driven stuff, but you, you get the sense that that's right around the corner. Yeah. Like, there's a clear path to the exit, 
more so than there was, you know, five to ten chapters ago when we were getting the whole Shigi Deku stuff. Definitely. So. And I'm I'm really interested to move past it because I want to see the fallout of Dobby's plan. That's really kind of where I'm at yeah. right now. I'm trying I mean, to... this is, like, such a spoiled thing to say, but we, we've had, you know, 30 chapters now of, like, really top-tier yeah. action across the board, you know, everything popping off, so... it. I, I'm with you. I'm I'm ready to see the so- story broaden a little bit in in the sort of aftermath of this fight. We'll have to wait and see, but for now, fuck yeah, Lamillion, you're a champion, and we love you. Uh, should we? What do you want to do next? I I could just go down my list. That's perfect. Uh, you not? tell me. Yeah. So next we got uh, One Piece nine nine seven. Nice. Now this feels to me the stalling is over. It's happening. Whatever it is, it's, it's happening. We're, we're doing it because, you know, he finally hit the launch the shit into the sky final battle mode. Like, it's going. It's now, going. To be fair, these are famous words when you read a One Piece <laughs> chapter. But, uh, yeah, no, no, I, I, you get the same sense. Um, and strong things were occurring during this chapter itself, too. Yeah. So, you know, this was, this was popping. Right off the bat, I'm gonna I'm gonna cash in a little. Told you so here that this was a Toby Ropo plot. You to, were right. To, you were you were to de- catch Sanji. It makes me so sick because Mr. Prince is the man, and then Sanji, who almost dies of nosebleeds, is so whack. I thought we were done with this man. Like he yeah, just. Yeah, I mean, it's it's funny because he like he was dashing off theoretically to you know save a damsel in distress, but as the villains point out, like. No, you're just a perv. Yeah. And the only reason you even heard this was because you're a perv. No, I agree with you. But that's it's that's part of the game in, in One Piece is it, very rarely does does Odo really let you just be like, this character is is a man's man who cleans up. There's no Gojos. There like there's sort of fatal flaws to pretty much everybody. Yeah, and this is potentially an interesting fight for Sanji because it's pretty much all women. He doesn't hit women. We remember when he fights the bubble chick, Khalifa, he he basically just gets taken out. Nami has to save him. So we'll see. And now he's fighting a giant woman, so... Yeah, yeah I I have a hunch that, I mean... So if, if I read this correctly, Sanji, she says, you know, Oh, naughty boy, what am I going to do with you? And he's like, well, blah, blah, blah. I love you. He proclaims his love for her, and she goes... There's like a little kia... And I couldn't tell if that was like Sanji making a little, yeah, I'm in love with you, or her reacting to a handsome man Sanji saying, I'm in love with you. You know, on a similar vein as the Ochako stuff, I'm like, I'm gonna be sick if there's just like another female who's just like taken out without a fight just because like a man is paying attention to her or like. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's, I, I'm predicting that that, or. Maybe not predicting. I have a, a gut hunch that uh, that plot line is going to be resolved um, without Sanji kicking anybody into unconsciousness, which sucks. Yeah, I mean, it's listen. I don't want to see Sanji beat up a, a bunch of women, but like Black Maria is one of the, Maria, whatever her name. She's one yeah. of the Toby Ropo. She should be a competent fighter. Like, what's what's the difference? She's a a evil person. We got to beat her ass, man. Well, yeah, I mean. It, you're you're right. The first thing you said, I don't want to see Sanji beat up any women, is right because that's the character that yeah. like that's how the character has been established, and you can't just say, 
well, this this time it's really serious. Yeah. So now Sanji kicks women. That's like the, you know that's the whole point of his character. So he can't do that. So there there's it it resolves to one of two options, like sort of either a comedic or you know comedy of errors sort of resolution to that situation that Sanji's in, or somebody else comes in and helps him. But the end result of that, uh, you know, Sanji's doing whatever in the whorehouse, but he is no longer with Jimbei and Luffy, which is interesting because it kind of paints Jimbei as uh, the number three after Zoro. Sanji's getting a demotion, you know, because Jimbei is the one doing this escort mission to get Luffy to the roof, and they're like, where the fuck did Sanji go? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I still have this vague sense that's like, Jimbei is, is capable gal. You know, he, he, like, makes sure stuff happens, but when it comes down to, like, end of arc 1v1s, I think Sanji might occupy still that. I mean, like, I hope. I love Sanji, and three. I think his fighting style is fucking rad, so that's my hope. But it, just in the way the story's playing out, Jinbei is front and center with Luffy, and Sanji's mm-hmm. off doing God knows what. Yeah, Jinbei's got the escort mission. Yeah. <laughs> um, escort Straw Hat Luffy to the top of the castle. Um... So the the small advancement in, in that storyline is that we have the two knucklehead smile users, uh, the gorilla woman, and I forget the other guy's smile. He's a snake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has a pretty normal design. He he just has like a snake in his shoulders, but she doesn't even have arms. She's yeah, just a like torso with a gorilla coming tor- out of it. Yeah, and, and then she refers to the gorilla as like, <laughs> you know, he, the gorilla has a name, and she's yeah. like, stop <laughs> dropping banana bits on me. Uh, the, the, That's a hell. That's a terrible hell. I, I'm still going to give number one spot to chicken ass coon. Who, <laughs> his face is just growing out of a chicken's anus. That's that's specifically awful. But um, so they, they're they suck. Like it's been established. They're garbage. Like, oh, we let kid pass us. But oh, look, here's Straw Hat Luffy. One point five billion. I can smell my promotion to the Toby Ropo coming right here. And it you know establishes that they're concocting a plan, and then like immediately after that, um, these dudes are like, Luffy, Jimbei, over here, uh, and and you know Luffy's like, oh, I know you guys from Udon, and and they're like, here here's a uh, you know here's a, a handmade ladder up to the next floor, which smells a little too good to be true. So there could be some sort of subterfuge going on there, or not, and I'm reading that completely wrong. Maybe but, it's uh, just like we got to get this guy to the roof, man. Like he, it's taken him ten chapters. He's gone a floor and a half. So like, he's let's go, let's get a move on. It 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 def- it, it reads to me in general like that's what's happening because like the Zoro thing. He just like Daddy steps in and says we're done with this plot now. Like move it along, you know. Yeah, well, I, I'm not really uh, that curious about what's going on with that plot line anyway. So let us move on to. Big daddy mode, yeah. Zoro vibes <laughs> in this chapter. So, uh, you know, we, we have the whole Isoni thing going on. And um, basically, long story short, uh, Drake bops Apu and sort of sends him reeling. And Zoro says, enough of this yeah. shit. <laughs> and we get a grade A Zoro slash panel. Yeah, really he good. He just looks so cool. And he fucking bop Scratch Man Apu through his... Piano teeth yeah. mouth. Good. Get out of here, Apu. You're done. Like, literally, he's like, oh, this is pretty annoying. Slash, Chopper, you got this? Yeah, I got it. Cool, I'm out. It's, That's it. That's all it took. 
it's top tier Zoro. And he says says to Chopper, you got it? And Chopper's like, yeah, I got it. He's like, knew you could. Yeah. I'm out of here. <laughs> um, so that's that's stage one Zoro badassery. So then, you know, Chopper is like, he gets up on his grandstand and he's like, guys, the solution is fire. Wow. <laughs> Great doctoring, bro. Fire. Um, you know, stop the spread of the virus with fire. I already, you know, I just got the antidote, so I'll, I'll cook up, you know, uh, medicine for everybody and, and we'll be good to go in a second. Queen sees that and he's like, okay, you know, no good. I'm, I'm just going to shoot some more of these bullets in his general direction. Zoro steps in. And slashes his gun with like a you know, Jaco Pondo cannon, uh, you know, some sort of range slash attack slashes Queen's gun, and uh, so there's there's two things here, but just on the note that we were on a second ago, Zora's a badass. He he just said, "Oh, you, uh, you're you're no, you're not interfering. Yeah. I already put an end to this this idiotic game," and then looks him in the face and says, "They say Kaido's the toughest guy in the world." So I'm here to slice him into pieces. Yeah, so let's cool. <laughs> go! Oh it's, my god! There is a lot of things that I love about One Piece, but Zoro being a fucking badass is pretty close to the top. He's just—he's so cool, man. I'm definitely a Zoro guy. You know, this is something that you have to ask everybody when they're watching One Piece. It's like, are you, you know, you know when you watch Shampoo, it's like, are you a Mugen guy or are you a, a Jin guy? And when you watch uh, One Piece. Are, are you a Zoro guy or are you a Sanji guy? You know, yeah. you can say, who's your favorite crew member? That's not Luffy. That's cool. Who's your favorite character in the show? That's not a straw hat. That's cool. But, uh, one, you know, distilled down into one sort of dichotomy. It's like, are you a Zoro guy or are you a Sanji guy? Because you have to find one of them cool. Yeah, yeah. They're both cool in different ways, but it's it's Zoro. He's just the man. He's the man 100 grand. Because he he is just so strong, always in control, and in contrast to everyone around him, he's not. I'm not dealing with this bullshit. Like I'm yeah. here to fucking cut somebody down, and that's what I'm gonna do. Like we mentioned earlier in this discussion, Sanji's pop off moments are incredible. Mister, you know his Mister Prince type moments where he just clutches an entire situation because not only did he have the the capa- the combat capability to go to get stuff done but he had the brains to realize like how are we getting out of any's lobby yeah I that's to, another good one you know it's yeah. it's like those type of sanji moments you're like damn got to hand it to him but zoro's pop off moments are top tier in the series shishi son son on on kuma yeah. on thriller bark that's top tier also all of the moments where he's acting as like the second in command you know and and like really hammering stuff home on luffy when usopp was trying to leave the crew right. that was super cool um on punk hazard he's you know he's like yo luffy get it together you know um that type of stuff on, on fishman island when he was like you know luffy drops 50,000 people at kagurasaki he's like yeah, uh, if you weren't able to do that after the time skip, I would have had to leave the crew. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's reliable. That's what it is. He gets lost a lot, but he's the guy that you want when shit goes down because he's gonna fucking clean up. He's just he, he's not here to fuck around. He's here to be the strongest, and that's oh, what he's. Also, I I can't believe I forgot um, my all time number one. Is a. It's the same chapter. Two two god tier moments, same chapter. Scars on the back are a warrior's shame. That's badass. And then... I'll never lose again. Yeah. And then how can you forget his biggest moment? What happened? 
nothing happened. Yeah. Oh god. <laughs> it, it's it's just one after another. He he's a cool guy. That's what he does. He like stands in there and delivers a line like a champ. Yeah. Yeah. He's cool. Anyway, all that to say. Zoro's awesome and he's kicking ass in this chapter. Yeah, just give me some more of this and I'll be fine if it's not like a fully samurai themed thing. If it's just Z- Zoro being a fucking champ, then I, I'm cool with this, that being like, okay, you know, Wano is Zoro's pop off because he's just being that cool. I'm going to be a little sick if there's no samurai fight. I'm not going to hold. I, I'm going to be a little sick, but it, it will help recompense. Yeah, yeah. So he is heading up now, or he just sees Big Mom, and he's like, oh, shit, glad she's not here. Okay, yeah, he sees Big Mom fly up through there. He says, glad she's not here. She breaks through the ceiling. And then you can tell that there's a little sort of timeline fuckery, because as this is going down, he sees Okiku's arm Arm. um, fall through the ceiling. So, um, you know, him and Robin notice that. And then, strong occurrence is... (laughs) My man, Marco, I, I I need like a good name for New World Marco and his glasses look. He's like Marco the art teacher. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Marco the metrosexual guy at the coffee shop that wants to sell you candles. He looks like uh like in, in sort of like a more adult anime, like somebody who they want to portray as like art. Maybe, maybe he's like a DJ or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got the Japan sings. It's like this kid's a DJ, you know, because he has like glasses and streetwear on. <laughs> that's 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 the vibe from from Marco. DJ Marco. So Marco rocks up. He says, "You guys want to lift to the top?" And he says something interesting when he says, "You guys are the real muscle." You know, oh straw hats. Like you guys are like you guys are here to kick ass, right? You guys are the real muscle, which is interesting. Um, I I think. It does bear saying that Marco is really strong, probably strong, like on Luffy's tier right now. I would even put him above, maybe. It's hard to say exactly where he is right now. I mean, he 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 was grappling one on one a second ago with Big Mom, but Big Mom, you know, when she really decided, like, okay, I'm done with this fight, you know, chucked him. Um, but. Marco's strength doesn't lie. We were discussing all of this before. Marco's strength doesn't really lie in um, 1v1s. No, he's, he's the white mage, basically. He can do right. the, the team heal with the flames, which yeah. is pretty good. And, and it's hard to har- harm him. Yeah. But you need somebody to put a dent in the strongest guy in the world. Marco's not, you know, which leads to, him, I think, is the lines on which I'm interpreting him saying, Straw Hats, you're, you guys are the muscles. Also, maybe interpreted another way, he is not looking to directly intervene in this conflict. Yeah. Although that's... he did go at Big Mom, so maybe not. But maybe he's interested in having the Straw Hats do this for some reason. Because he could have brought the remains of the Whitebeard crew to help if that, was, if that was the objective, but he didn't. He just showed up by himself and the samurai guy's uh, sister, who's with the scabbards right now. Right. Um, I, I, I think both are probably true yeah. that he recognizes that he personally couldn't harm Kaido and probably a, a strong dose of the, like, this is your guys's fight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's cool. So he's taking Zoro Robin up to the roof. I, I, it, it cuts off right there at yeah. him saying, Hey, you guys need a lift, but that's, that's our assumption. Yeah. There's a hole in the roof. And Marco says, you guys want to lift. 
So uh, you think Zoro and Robin? Well, will it's probably... not it's not Frankie because he's got something going on with with uh, that guy. It's not Chopper. He's doing the virus thing, and and so yeah, it's that's the only people who are there. But the the so the biggest thing though is that um, when when they you know when Zoro's thinking about oh the way to the roof is pretty tricky, it flashes Queen and King. So King is still in the picture, and his explicit task is nobody gets up to the roof. Yeah. So this could hype up a aerial battle Marco King that would be showdown so lit insanely lit you yeah. know like Marco like hurls Zoro and Robin through the roof or something um does does Robin need to have can't she teleport to the roof I guess it doesn't really do any good to get her she to can the do roof a, by uh, herself she can do a clone I don't believe she can teleport Hmm. She she can do a lot with her powers, but n- not teleporting. I'm more curious. She's she's a a spy. She's a she's a rogue type. She's not really a, a frontline fighter. What is she gonna do against Kaido? Yeah, that's that. I think that's the bigger thing. But maybe she could do something with her fruit to help get Zoro to the roof. Well, that I could see. I mean, because she can do bridges. She can do reach yeah. out a hand from thirty feet away. Like something that they'll never do. That I would love <laughs> to do is she gives Zoro her wings. That would she, be awesome. She flies Zoro up, and Zoro has both of his arms free to like fight King on the way up or something. Anyways, so all of those are are on the table. The possibility I'd be most excited about there would be Marco King mm. air fight because they have like very similar character designs, even when they're and both in fire mode. fire type powers. You know, uh, I'm not quite sure what the nature of King's fire is, but he definitely has fire. So does Marco. So yeah, that would be interesting. We'll see. I want Queen to get fucking punched into outer space. I've really had it with him. Yeah, that, that was a tiny thing I was going to... We get another, like, eyeballs popping out of the head. Like, Gah! Yeah. And it's like, dude, you are absolutely clueless yeah. this entire arc. And and the only thing that you've been able to successfully do was the biggest lateral move, initiating <laughs> the, the Ice Oni game. Yeah, I mean... Maybe you can say Kaido keeps him around because he's a smart guy. He's like a scientist type and not really a fighter. But no, this is the Beast Pirates. You got to be strong to sit at the top. Yeah, he I, sucks. Like the really the only successful thing he did was that the one panel of Luffy rocketing to the top when he goes into instant Brachiosaurus mode and and you know like intercepts Luffy on the way up. So, okay, you, you had a good reaction time there, and you, you made your neck really big. Kind of a funny joke that he's fat as shit and <laughs> <laughs> turns into the... But uh, other than that, you, you suck. Okay, so now we're finally getting to the end of the chapter. Right. Uh, which is, uh, as that's happening with Marco, Zoro and Robin notice this earthquake, and then there's, you know, classic One Piece style, like, 20 character reactions of, you know, the earthquake going down. And then finally we get to the final panel, which is that all, or the final page or two, which is that Kaido has lifted Onigashima up into the air with his fire flames, you know, they're, his they're dragon, clouds? Yeah. dragon fire cloud things. Basically, he did the, the Age of Ultron. He just lifted the city into the sky, and, and I don't know, it's cool. Cool place for a final battle. That's, that's how you know that the shit is happening, because yeah. scene change, setting change. His stated plan is, I'm going to take uh, Onigashima, no, new Onigashima, oh no, he says Wano, no, new Onigashima, will become a pirate stronghold. 
he's taking Onigashima over and dropping it onto the flower capital. Right. Um, Which and you he point- has a cool uh, closing line when he says, let us begin the world of violence. That is cool. Very good, Kaido. We love that. You did point out this is basically Shiki's plan from Strong World. He's like, what if I take everything and move it over here? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it, one, one, uh, one sort of interesting historical parallel, not, nothing too deep here or anything, is, is, you know, there's the moving of the capital at the beginning of the Edo period in Japan, sort of the, the struggle of power between emperor and shogun. So, you know, he's literally moving his capital and p- dropping it on the old capital. Kind of an interesting uh, dynamic there, as this is the Japan arc. Um, I'm hopeful that we're going to get to see more of Kaido's powers. Like, I'm hoping what this signals is, like, he's been in dragon form, and he did a couple, like, air blasts, but he's he's lifting islands now with these flame clouds. Like, that that means pop off, I would hope. Like... Strong things are occurring. Right, he can do so much more than he's done as to now, and I want to see it. It's also interesting, uh, I was thinking about this, because Momo has a similar ability, that's how they get out of that hole in in Punk Hazard. So, it does make me feel like there is something significant to him having, because we were talking about why is he important, something about being a dragon, there's something there, maybe, I don't know. They can't have set all this up without either some symbolic thing that's yet to be delivered about him being a dragon as well, but I think actually it'll figure into the plot in, in, a, in a significant way of him being able to interact with Kaido's dragon stuff. Right, because exactly. Because he's also a dragon. Yeah, that's, where, that's what I would hope is, is it moving towards. But we'll have to see. One Piece is on break again next week. Mm-hmm. So. Which means we're not getting 1,000. Uh, 1,000, I think... I, I looked this up before. I'll look it up again when specifically we know it's going to be on break. But I think it's going to do the thing I was saying last week, which is that we'll hit 999 uh, right before the, the double golden week break and then come back to the glorious 1,000. I'm definitely stoked. I, I, I've been waiting and waiting and waiting, and, and it seems like it's happening. I can wait a little bit more, but I, I just need to see some, some fights soon. It's the opposite of Boku. Uh, I, I'm going to, I'm going to stamp this chapter myself just because I'm such a Zoro fan. No, it was boy, great. I, I it, liked it. It was a really good chapter. I, I agree though that the, like the fight fights need to happen. It could be that this is like an asymmetrical arc and there is no such thing in this one as like a fight fight. Um, that just feels so like, I don't know. We, we've set up that, uh, the Frankie, uh, Sasaki one. So that that one is is the most clear cut to me right now. It's like there's a a straight up one v one. Sanji seems like he might be in a similar. It's not it's not like a fight scenario maybe, but it's like a okay he's cordoned off with this one Toby Robo. Yeah. yeah, we'll see what happens. I I would be shocked and disappointed if there's no big fight with Kaido. We've been hearing about Kaido since we were in high school, literally. That long, like that's that's when Punk Hazard started. So like, I'm holding out hope. Maybe not holding out hope. There's a flame in me that has been sparked by one panel in this chapter, which is Zoro saying, "I came here to slice Kaido up." He says that about himself. Yeah. Yo, what if what if Zoro puts in work against Kaido? That actually doesn't. Uh, that works for me because 
Luffy can take out Big Mom, who he has directly challenged on Fishman Island. That seems like more his his bag. If Zoro takes out Kaido, that, the Pirate King has to have the strongest fighter on his crew, yeah. or else how could he be the Pirate King? I think the 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 trouble I would have with it is like we're skating now. If 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 Luffy's Yonko level and Zoro's Yonko level, we're GGsing everybody. But then again, Blackbeard is breaking the power scale and hit everyone on his crew because he's been collecting devil fruits and not yeah. just devil fruits like the spiciest ones you know um well but on the other hand you know luffy and zoro are, are just gonna be hockey be like zoro's not beating anybody on the on the strength of a devil fruit that he has he's just gonna be a hockey beast so it's like, true you know but what, what devil fruit are you getting that that well, Katarina Devon has the Nine Tails Fox fruit, which is potentially S tier. Shiryu now has the invisibility fruit. He was already very strong. Uh, and then Blackbeard has a indeterminate number of fruits. He could have, who yeah. knows? Like, yeah. Uh, and I mean, literally, if he just had darkness and Gora Gora, that's. That's, yeah, that's big time. Spicy. So, no, Blackbeard is breaking the power scale. I would be curious to see. Uh, if if we were to go off of this assumption that, you know, Luffy and Zoro are both Yonko tier fighters at this point, which we'll see. Um, but then how would a fight against Akainu and the Navy go? That um, right. I you gotta think that they will scale accordingly. Akainu is only stronger than Marineford. And then there's also Im, there's also the Gorosei. We don't really know what they're about. Yeah, but uh <clears throat> dude. Just, we can reduce all that down to, it would be sick if Zoro puts in some work yeah, on Kaido. Would, if he actually cuts Kaido down, that will be... I, that would be hype levels unleashed. Yeah. I'm running around the house screaming. As much as 2020 sucked, that would almost make up for him. I would, so. I would like literally put on put on my robes and get the practice sword <laughs> out and start doing Zoro moves in my backyard. Uh, okay, so I'll, I'll close off uh, this this discussion of One Piece 997 with the most hilarious part of this chapter to me was on the f very first page. <laughs> there is a panel with a Sanji quote in it that is instantly saved now for me and it becomes a widely applicable and useful panel. Um, it makes sense sort of in the context of One Piece, but it is made 10 times funnier to just apply to the real world or other manga. Sanji says, <laughs> as he's seeing what's going down, sort of, you know, in silhouette behind the, the panel screen, <clears throat> that's the famous sexual harassment technique of the land of the samurai. <laughs> <laughs> You know, you just see like a like some some random manga about like a subway perv or something. You go, ah, it's the famous sexual harassment <laughs> technique of the land of the samurai. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good one. That will get a lot of mileage from me. <laughs> Okay, uh, th that's it for One Piece. Uh, that's I I'd say we're two for two on, on great chapters, and I'll, I'll just cannonball straight into a three for three for me. Chainsaw Man yeah, 95. Agree, great chapter. Uh, it's just a fight, and as you pointed out, at times the fight is difficult to follow, but yeah, still cool. I, let's let's get into that a little bit later in the yeah. discussion. You know, just just 
for for starters, you know, we we came into this chapter with Makma saying, "I'm going to be the one to kill you, yeah. Chainsaw Man," and starts with a, a great one liner from Makma, her pulling the ripcord on Denji's chest and saying, "Rise and shine." Yep. And then immediately he's in her mitt and cuts off her head, just like you know. Oh god, straight into the action. It's so awesome and then they keep she has like the the throngs of of men in suits chained to her and every time she takes damage they just like explode into gore. It's like very cool way to like visualize how her powers work. Yeah, I mean like she can take infinite damage and and like you said it's 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 not like, you know, you try to damage her and, you know, someone says like, oh, remember, she's contracted with the Prime Minister of Japan. She can't take damage. You can't kill her. There's these cool visual cues that remind you, like, very intimidatingly of how you can't damage her. Yeah. She, you know, it's like... Like, her head flies off and then immediately just flies back onto her torso. Saying, yeah. as, as one of these corpses behind her, like, you know, its head lolls off. That is cool. Um... So, it like you said, there's just a ton of combat this chapter. Kicks going on. It's it, it's just you know, Denji damages Makama. She regens. He takes damage. He's not regening, but he's still fighting. Blah blah blah. Back and forth. Ching 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 ching. ching. <clears throat> and as Makama starts to gain the upper hand, we get a money panel. Really good. Her pulling out the Pachita heart in a field of crosses, like as far as the eye can see, just crosses, and then her, him like laying across her lap as she like almost lovingly like pulls out his heart. Just that 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 classic, that timeless now Makama blank exp- like just you know sort of like that tinge of disgust on an otherwise blank face. It's a full double page spread, endless crosses, just. Pulling, you know, those, like, tendons barely attaching it to Genji's chest at that point, and the heart just fully out in her hand. That's an all-timer panel. Definitely. It's up there with the uh, the legless astronauts when the darkness demon appears. So cool. And and the descent of the, the gun devil. Yeah. Now, <sighs> while this is going on, she gives a fucking badass monologue, which I, I want to talk to you about, because as we were talking upstairs before... I thought about something that I had not really made a connection to before, which was, you know, she she's chastising him for being Denji, and she's like, Chainsaw Man doesn't spit, and he doesn't fucking talk, he's just chaos, and she is the control devil, the exact, like, they should yeah. be at odds, yeah. but she was his acolyte, which is very strange to me. No, I, and I think that probably points to, like, a certain dynamic of what their relationship was as master and disciple or whatever it was like you know but it doesn't she, even... like if if she is superior to people because of control then you know maybe the person above her would you know it's like i should not be able to control you I, this is why yeah. i have the utmost respect for you because you are your chaos embodied it doesn't if that's true then she was not his disciple in the sense that she could just say, I'm your disciple, but it doesn't seem like he's like, yes, you, come along now, we have things to do. He just was killing indiscriminately, basically. Well, he, according to according to her, he didn't talk. Right. You know, I it, it may not be disciple in the sense of, like, I'm here to learn your ways and you teach me. It might be, like, <clears throat> disciple more in the sense of follower. You right. know, people she, who just respected him and, and, and followed Literally him. just followed him around down the, the, uh, the path of carnage that he leaves behind. But, yeah, that, that, oh, my God. 
Chainsaw Man dialogue is just so top tier. How can I get you to give up on this yeah. world, Denji? Every action he takes should be chaotic. Despite and, not getting him at all, you know, she like a- accuses him of. Uh, I think another dynamic is, is like understanding what the Chainsaw Man's about. That's like a very like religious sort of concept. You don't get him, but still, you were chosen by. Chainsaw I don't think Man. she gets him either. Like, I, I don't. How could the control devil fully understand this chaos being? Like. She can't like the nature of him is like there's nothing to understand. It's it's just complete randomness and and carnage. Like there's nothing there's nothing to control. It's it's the opposite of control. I don't know, man. But uh, the I it's it's setting up for like a really satisfying sort of. Um, I, I'm hoping there will be sort of articulated her vision of what Chainsaw Man means and what she respects about him and what she likes about him and her vision Mm -hmm. for what he should be doing in the future. And then somebody, somebody else's, some foil, one of the other disciples or, or some other, uh, vision for what Chainsaw Man is and should be, because that's like, that's it. That's the essence of political dispute and dissensus. That's the essence of religious fracturing. Like, you know, it seems like a, a just a really satisfying, they've set it up perfectly for that. So I want to see them cash in at a certain point on like, you know, this, um, this like very religious dynamic of who is Chainsaw Man and what should he be doing? If we take her at her word, which, okay, maybe we don't, I don't think she wants Chainsaw Man to do anything. Her stated goal is to remove the bad things by, I guess, assuming Chainsaw Man's power. So he doesn't have to be there for that. She could just absorb him and then use his power to say, no more hunger, the hunger demon is gone now. Yeah, but I mean, there could be a, at at its heart, like, very generalized, I think that would be a satisfying way of conceiving of like a a, a fracture in, in ideology or, or purpose or philosophy behind followers of, of Chainsaw Man, is her saying like, look at this awesome power and the things that you could, the bad things you could remove from the world with it. And other people saying that, who are you to be able to do that? This, this is just chaos. You can't control this. But if that's the case, like wouldn't having Denji be more to her advantage? Denji is controllable. Chainsaw Man is not controllable, but she wants to bring that guy back. It seems like. Yeah. I don't know how, how the existence of Denji factors into it. it maybe besides like she thought that denji would be useful at first i i just you know i have this power housed in a human body and a human mind more to yeah. the point as long as i control the mind then the power is mine but it's sort of blowing up a little bit yeah yeah well i don't know if it's if yeah that blew up but she has the heart now she she she's winning like it seems like Maybe Pochita will not contract with her, but she could just be like, tough, tough titties, I'm controlling you now. Well, it brings us to uh, the, my, my last note on this chapter, um, which is the fact that it's a pretty uh, sorry state of affairs for our hero, Denji-kun, yeah. uh, when we get to the end of this, this chapter. She <clears throat> rips the heart out, and we see you know, him spasming and like almost like evaporating into a you know, pink mist as like, his heart just got torn out. Um, he 
as far as I understand it, the drinking blood to regen thing was contingent upon him being a devil, which he's not now, again, as far as I understand it, that he doesn't have a heart. As you mentioned, uh, you we saw Chainsaw Man rip his heart out, throw it back down into, into like, farther down into Earth's atmosphere and then reform around it. We don't know if he has that capacity. And even if he does have that capacity, Makima literally has the heart in her hand, so, yeah. you know... It, seems Seems bad. Seems like... Things are, you know, he can't live without the heart. Pachita was his heart, the thing keeping him alive. I think the only thing in his corner right now is the fact that Makima's motivations prevent her. Like, she doesn't want to incinerate the heart. And But she doesn't give a shit about Denji. She says that repeatedly in this chapter. Like, you suck. Like, just go back to being Chainsaw Man already. Yeah, unless, <clears throat> uh, again, unless she thinks Denji is her best option for controlling Chainsaw Man. If that's true, she uh, kind of screwed the pooch by m- ripping his heart out and murdering him. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. It, uh, regardless of, of what Maka's, Makama's move here is, uh, Denji, my sweet boy Denji, has his back against the wall. It's, yeah. it's not looking hot. Yeah, it, I mean, it, this could be how he gets into hell, as our other roommate said, but without Puchita, he's just a guy, so that doesn't really work. Yeah, like like I said when we were starting to discuss this with our other roommate, this is how you end talking about Chainsaw Man every week, which is, uh, what what's gonna happen? I don't fucking know. Yeah, no we're, idea. We're along for the ride, but again, just we're we're right back in the action, and we're we're continuing to be spoiled by. Just hit after hit from from this manga. It's yeah. an instant classic for me. It 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 every week impresses me more and more. Like I just tell everyone now to read Chainsaw Man. It, Even they, people who you know are not going to be into. Right. I, I'm like it's good. They get turned off. They're like Chainsaw Man. I'm like no. Listen. Well, some people. Some people yeah. you tell them this is a guy with two chainsaws for arms and a chainsaw on his head, and they're like, okay, sign me up. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, other people are like, yeah, that sounds a little bit intense. And there is an intensity to Chainsaw Man, but there's also just, like, it's one of the better written stories I've ever read in any medium. It's, I totally it's agree. compelling and weird and interesting. Yeah, and, and it only is getting better. Every chapter pretty much has been, like, yeah, you're doing it. You're doing it right. I, I, a couple months on from, from the event, I still think, like, Man, where were you when you read the burger chapter? Yeah. <laughs> that, was, <laughs> that was nuts beyond belief. Um, okay, so last note from this chapter that will lead nicely into the next one is something that you sort of mentioned obliquely as we were beginning to discuss this is the fact that um, if I were to have one small gripe with Chainsaw Man the way it is written, the way it's drawn, I, I don't have any gripes really with the way that it's written besides... Sometimes it's so off the wall, it's a little hard for me to, to find out what's next, but really that's a good thing. That's not a bad thing. Um, the only gripe really that I have with the way that it's drawn is that while it's very artistic, I love the facial expressions, I love the sort of blankness sometimes of the sets and scenery, uh, the contrast between sort of the sketchy way that the people are drawn and things like the gun devil, you know, in, in just perfect detail are drawn creates a, a, a really amazing effect but um if there's one thing that it lacks a little bit in it's uh sort of 
fluidity and believability in anatomy and stuff like that during fighting. Um, you know, that this chapter had a lot of cool combat between Denji and Makama, but if you start to look at it too closely, you're like, man, that kick from Makama is just like a straight extended leg with not, it doesn't look anatomically that like correct or interesting. Yeah, it just doesn't convey the, the force and the scope of what is happening. Like, and I, it's, it's in contrast to what we'll talk about next, which does this very well, but yeah, I agree. It's, it's a lot of times it, it just doesn't, it's like, oh yeah, she's kicking, but it doesn't really, especially when there's one after another and there's no dialogue, it, it's just, it's not as good. But I'm willing to give them a pass because in so many other art avenues, they they absolutely snap, as you said. Like, there's so many cool... Like, even in this chapter, there was panels that were whack, and then you get that sweet chapter, sweet panel of her pulling out his heart. So it's not that the art is bad, it just seems like maybe anatomy is not Bull's, you know... Strong suit. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like... We get spoiled, you know. So next, I, I want to talk about Jujutsu Kaisen because it's it's a perfect contrast to that. Both of these chapters were insanely focused on combat. Like the the vast majority of the chapter was just, you know, detailed fight choreography, and both were both elicited a reaction to from this me. This is Jujutsu one thirty one, by the way. Nice, nice. Yeah. And Chainsaw Man was ninety five. Right. Um, so both elicited a reaction to me when I ended the chapter of like. That was a great chapter. I really enjoyed that. But in very different ways. And I think one of the biggest reasons for that difference is because Jujutsu Kaisen excels at that like sort of body choreography, the anatomy, the way things look during a fight, the way that you can understand subtleties in like and I, I mean I was specifically thinking, uh, you know, there's there's a there's a panel where Mojito is going to to like punch uh, Itadori with sort of like a, a low hook. Um, by the way, we watched the uh, the Tyson Jones fight last night. That was that was interesting for me as someone who doesn't watch a lot of boxing. Yeah, it was definitely made me afraid of Mike Tyson. He's a scary, scary yeah. man. I, uh, everything about that, and also the that Jake Paul. I I I won't comment on that. That was that was garbage um <laughs> so anyways you know uh he's coming in with this like low sort of like you know hook punch and it shows just in great detail itadori's um sort of cocking of his wrist dropping his arm to counter the attack and then rotating his hand his forearm at the elbow away from his body to redirect the attack. And those things are happening so crisply and with such a detail, with such nice sort of like anatomical, uh, you know, it's it's not just like correctness and detail. It's uh, in the anatomy. It's like the, the fluidity of everything. I don't know how to describe it. I'm not really, I'm not somebody who has that much expertise in the actual drawing of these things. I can only comment from the armchair as somebody who's enjoying it. But the, the contrast is really stark between the two. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's as you said, definitely the strength of Jujutsu Kaisen is, is the fight choreography. And this fight in particular is, is really good because Mojito is uh, understanding himself and, and getting stronger as the fight commences. He's, he's like experiencing demon enlightenment, basically. Which is a sick concept, yeah. by the way. Just, it's so this chapter is sick. Yeah. In, in Jujutsu Kaisen, it is just cool. The the cover page is popping. 
Full so color, like, demon mode mojito, great. It's confirmed that his demon mode is purple now, which is, which is I'm, I'm, I'm fucking with. Um, and the, the, the combat is just insane. It's, it's, it's really cool. And, and the, the backdrop to it is cool because that's metal as shit. This, this, this demon is made from cursed energy <laughs> and it took him activating Black Flash to understand the true essence of cursed energy, which then means he understands the true essence of himself and he undergoes evolution. That's metal as shit. And, uh, I, you know, it's a great setting for a fight. It's really cool. And the, the one thing that Jujutsu Kaisen has done consistently, which is kind of to your point, is the fights feel really brutal and visceral. And it's like people just beating the absolute shit out of each other. That being said, I really need Itadori to get a technique. And this feels like the moment where he actually, the Black Flash is cool. Yeah, I mean, maybe his thing will be, cause really the only thing that we get this chapter is uh, in terms of any plot stuff. Cause all the stuff about um, Mojito's Black Flash realization, that was all already covered in the last chapter. Right. Just sort of reiterating it. The only, literal only plot advancement we get during this chapter is Itadori realizing that he needs to clutch a Black Flash in order to have any chance in this, and fight. they they so there's like a flashback of like no one can do it on command. But here's my thing with that is like, Black Flash is not unique to him. It's something that anyone can do. Mm. So if that's his technique, like he can just at any time hit a, land a crit. Like it's a little bit underwhelming for me. Yeah, no, no, I, I agree. Um, but in this moment, will be cool if he if he clutches it. Like, and it would be sick in in combination with some uh, some other technique. Yeah. Um. That you know he's 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 the Black Flash champion. He never he never misses a Black Flash. Um, right. That that would be awesome if like his technique can always land a crit. Now now we're in business. That's cool. But we'll we'll have to wait and see on that because right now right the only plot thing we get is like maximum cursed energy into a, into a Black Flash. I gotta nail it. One in a million shot. Let's go. To your point, um, I think I think there there's that that's the key thing I was thinking about during this chapter is that sort of if, if we consider all the stuff I was talking about with the way that they draw the fights to be things that are maybe mm -hmm. a little bit more heady or academic as far as enjoying the manga is concerned or from the artist's perspective, that translates to just like the raw impact that you feel. It, Mojito grabs Itadori's face and does the the head smash into the ground, which is not necessarily unique. I've seen that done in in you know a couple manga, but uh, you really feel it like like that. That's an ouchy moment yeah. in this. You go, oh, that looks like it really fucking hurt. Um, so that was really cool. I, I don't think I have too much else to say no. about this one. Like sick, cool, yeah, awesome cool, cool fight. fight. That's it. We love a cool fight. That's that's <laughs> really do. all you have to say. We do. Anything else you want to cover? Or should we uh, keep pressing uh, on? No, I think I'm. I think I'm good on that. Uh, you know, as I said, my only note is like my man needs to learn a jutsu or two. But we'll get there. I'm gonna say four for four week from our um from the you know the the higher end of our of our spate. That's like uh. You know, that's a, about as good of a week of, of a yeah. manga as you can hope for. Clutched um, it. And honestly, solo leveling was pretty good, too. I, I was, I was going to get to that. Yeah. So 
Should we do soul leveling or Dr. Stone first? Because Dr. Stone is is the one slight snoozer we have on our list well, this week. Well, we can do Dr. Stone and then end with Fire Force, which will bring it back up. So it's soul leveling and then yeah. fire, fire Force we can discuss after. But um, soul, soul leveling is big time. Perhaps the best of, of the week. I, I, I wasn't even really thinking about it. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. So Dr. Stone 176. Um... Zeno, uh, all right, we're, we're, we're running away from the beach on the motorbikes, and you know that Stanley's about to be attacking us with guns. So the first move is put Zeno in the caboose. Um, Human shield mode. Right. Um, but we get a little bit of plot here because um, Huga uh, thinks to himself, like, uh, why? Like, he, Zeno, like, almost suggested that we do this. Like, why is he so cool with being put in the back? And, um, you know, there, there, there's this whole thing, you know, there's the three stages of the net, like, the immediate uh, attack on them, and then phase two is being able to shoot at them. Stanley gets some shots off before. Uh, we also just get this random exposition that one of these fucking simps was a race car driver or something. In yeah, the, uh, Carlos. Uh, okay, yeah, Carlos. Sim- simp patrol. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, Stanley gets two shots off. Wow, in an instant he deduced the optimal targets, which were the, our fighter's arms, because he didn't want to hit Zeno. But then, you know, after he gets those two shots off, they kicked up the, the dust trail. Um... There's a, a they launched the plane from the Perseus. The plane crashes because they sabotaged it previously. Great, super science. I I, I like that. I like yeah. that move actually. That that was some, some sort of vintage Senku stuff of like, cuckoo cuckoo cuckoo. I already uh, I already accounted for this with my science moves. The long and short of it is they get away. Now the only thing of real significance is Zeno is doing Morse code with his blinking at Stanley. Which yeah, brings us to... He said, I'll punch everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because they, they, they have his mouth gagged. Now, on the one hand, it seems like Zeno is being helpful. And as Hyoga says, like he kind of seems cool with what's going on. But then he's clearly giving a message to Stanley, and it doesn't seem like it's, hey, stop, we're cool. So... I, I don't know. I read that as a distinct possibility. I read it as sort of a 50-50 down the middle, like... um. There's two possibilities, basically. I, like, Morse coding, here's the exact coordinates of, of where these people are going. You you need to beat them there on the Perseus. Like, go around Cape Horn and, and, and up the Amazon. Um, and, or, um, I'm fucking with these people, like... Uh, Senku's a good do- good guy. Don't, don't, you know, stop shooting us. But if that's the case, he could have said... Listen, everyone, when Stanley gets here, I'll just say, hey, don't do that. Problem solved. But that's not what he does. Yeah. So I I think from that perspective, you would say it's probably more likely he gave them the location that they're going to. But it it really does seem like they're moving toward making Zeno an ally. So I don't don't know. it's, It's a tough one. It's a tough one. Regardless, every week I find myself saying, I don't understand why this is happening. Just tell him to stop, man. <laughs> That's it. Maybe, maybe he hasn't fully come to that understanding. Uh, I don't know. I don't really care. 
This is verbatim the end of the chapter. All right, we broke through Stanley's net. We're taking these bikes all the way across South America. That's that's where we are in Dr. Stone. What what I'm hoping this means is Stanley's going away for a while and we can do uh, science versus nature, which is actually interesting to me. Yeah, or, you know, deep lore building on, yeah. on the event. I, either slash both of those is fun. It... Around the around the globe with Stanley on our ass with uh, what did, what I write Stanley the super sexy femboy apex soldier, um, <laughs> around the world with super sexy femboy apex soldier on on our asses is not the manga I signed up for. No, definitely not. Especially the fact that it's like cartoon kids violence in, in that moment. Yeah. If, yeah. if you said if you said dark gritty reboot. Super sexy femboy, uh, <laughs> you know, with 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 like blood and gore, and and I have to make it around the world before this guy cats me. Okay, we we could be talking, yeah. but not in the Doctor Stone world. Yeah, I mean, at least in practical terms, Stanley has to disappear for a while because he can't follow them. At least right now, best option if Zeno did give him the coordinates, he's got to fucking sail all the way around. Yeah, yeah. So he might. I mean, they have the Perseus, so that's gonna that's gonna be. But what I'm what I'm saying is like that. Probably in that case, he'll show up again at the climax of this arc, which is okay, fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. go away for a while, and then when we need you, you can come back. Doctor Stone does have a kind of weird elastic pacing, though. You know, that could be five chapters. That's true. But that's true. Who knows? I'm hoping when they show up, that's the climax of that plot line as well. Yeah. Because, well, again, as stated, we're not fucking doing around the world with super sexy femboy. My Apex prediction Soldier. is that will be the end, both because it seems like they're moving towards Zeno being an ally and because I'm thinking that when they discover the truth of the petrification beam, that's a climax for Zeno. He's discovering new knowledge, finding out the truth. Like that's a that's this kind is of something I didn't do in the whole time that we were already revived, and yeah. I only did it because you know those kids here. This is true science. Not a big matter. Of exactly. We'll we, see. You're you're good on that's Doctor yeah. Stone one seventy six. Um, not not too much else to say. Doctor Stone. We, we, I I have this distinct feeling as we're talking about this right now on like an otherwise smash it out of the park week. If I catch up on Fire, is Golden Kamai still in still running? Publication? Yeah. Okay. If we catch up on those two, we, we, we have to have a frank conversation yeah. about about mixing Senor Stone. I enjoy reading it, but it's it's not a talker. Yeah. I I I have to qualify all the bad stuff I say about it with it is a nice bubblegum thing to enjoy on a weekly basis, and the art is absolutely wonderful. It is really beautifully drawn manga. We there was on... a cool panel this week of Stanley jumping with all his guns on him. Yeah, it's cool. That, it looks that's good. sweet. It, like literally, like like slow mo bullets passing them. Zeno like sitting in the back as these bullets are passing him with like you know his face all the way down. That's cool. Y you know, even the the sort of weird faces that these people get when they're having these emotional moments, and there's like the sort of watery glisten in in their eyes. They're they're beautifully drawn. The whole manga is really beautifully drawn. It doesn't really translate that well to discussing on the podcast because we just get on here and shit on, yeah. on it. We don't care about the plot. Like, just give me more of this. Just give me more of that. Yeah. Um, well, I think I would I would happily trade Fire Force and Golden Camoe for, yeah, for one Doctor that's Stone. Not, that's not going to be right around the corner, but it is around a, a sort of intermediate corner because I'm making good time on, on Fire Force. You're crushing it. You're, you made progress today. Um. Okay, so let's, uh, let's move forward to... It, 
what is in some sense a main event here because this is an earth shattering chapter for uh solo level. Yeah, this, this was this was big time. Um so it, it opens with you know, SJW has already defeated the Angel and the Angel gives him the option to quote retrieve the data stored in his memory. Which he does. And the, the angel says, like, you want the answers, they're inside of you. Which is key, because that implies to me that Sung Jin Woo was always the Shadow Monarch. He was never just E-rank e boy. He was always this fucking mega killer. And the, sy the system just found him again. Yeah, that could be crazy. Yeah. Hmm. So, from my perspective, if you haven't been following us this whole time... uh. I have already read Solo Leveling. As soon as I caught up with the manhwa, I um, got the light novels, and I binged the light novels, even when it was, like, just the shittiest machine scanlations that or translations that uh, have ever been known to man. Just, like, uh, not even, like, subject-verb agreement, but, you know, it's <laughs> I and wrong names. It's just like, okay, put the words on a page, and I can basically get what's going on. So I already know everything that happens. Um, I've been waiting <laughs> for a long time for this chapter to happen because this is where this story gets blown open. Yeah, well, right. It's, it's, it's opening up this whole other world because what Sung Jin Woo sees is a massive battle between the forces of the, of the monsters against angel people. All hope is lost. The angels are washing the monsters until arise. The shadow monarch appears and he says, "It's over for you guys. I'm daddy's home now." <laughs> so good. It, it it's epic as shit. Yeah, Th this that's is, the word. It's epic. You, there, there's like very little dialogue. You, you know, you're you're just sort of scrolling through this, and it's it's like uh, you know, far beyond the Lord of the Rings scale, like just hordes of angels fighting hordes of monsters. The angels are slaying all these monsters, already epic, and then the Shadow Monarch says, had us in the first half, not gonna <laughs> lie. <laughs> Arise, my, my, my children. And, you know, the, the Shadow Soldiers are beating back the angels until they arrived. And the end scene, yeah. for now. Yeah, and that's, that, everything about that is awesome. You know, we obviously can talk about the fact that his command word is arise, which Sung Jin Woo picked when the system asked him, but maybe he didn't. Maybe it was just buried deep in his brain. Uh, this this is really making a strong case for me that Sung Jin Woo is not a human. He's the Shadow Monarch, which is some other thing that is in a human form for some reason. That's, ba that's I'm pretty confident that I can say that is what is going on after this chapter. I, I think the big the big question that is yet to be answered for people that are are at this point in the plot is, is he inherently that? Like, I did the, did the system make him what he is now, or did the system find him? Like, did, was he always this and it found him? Th yeah. Those are the two distinct possibilities that, you know, you, you, you can't say for sure. Right, right. right. My, uh, it doesn't seem like the system made the Shadow Monarch in the, in the war scene that we see. We, at least we don't get any indication of that. I suppose he could also have the screen that we just can't see. But it seems like, no, he's just the, the god of the monster world. Uh, yeah, I mean, if these, these, this whole world, high fantasy world exists, then... Especially know. because at the end of the chapter, when 
okay, so more S-rank hunters appear in the double dungeon. They see Sung Jin Woo in like this trance and the angel says like, you'll make great offerings for the king. So yeah, that, hush, we're, we're, you're not to disturb the king's slumber. So the fact that the angel, who is the professed creator of the system, is calling Sung Jin Woo the king uh, implies to me that the system was created to bring back the Shadow Monarch. In other words, he was always this. For some reason, he turned into this fucking nerd in Korea. We got to make this system to bring this guy back so he can kick ass once again. And he's doing it, and that's great. So... This this is like I was saying before, an earthquake to the the world of solo leveling. We now know that whatever the nature of the system, we we still don't have full answers on that. The relationship of the angel to the shadow monarch, the relationship of Sung Jin Woo to the shadow monarch, we don't have all those answers. What we do know, for a big honking steaming fact, is that there there exist. Mega hordes of monsters, like like you know, uh, on on the scale of which that could easily wipe out humanity. There's right. there's forces of good and evil that are doing battle. Are that, we are we to take that the angels are definitively good? I didn't get that necessarily. No, okay, yeah, not forces of good and evil. There's cosmic, right? You know, size wars going on to which humanity is. Uh, uh, irrelevant spec now on the flip side to what i just said yes i agree the monsters do hear a voice that says kill all humans so they might be evil don't know another thing that's interesting the hole that opens in the sky that all the angels come out of is the same as what's over tokyo right now it's the same like kind of gray swirling thing so seems like these angels are about to pop up for round two fucking crush tokyo under their heel Yuri is not going to hold them back for very long. Yeah, dude. Uh, th this is this is really cool. Um, it's just like the the story is broad. We we already knew that that Sung Jin Woo was significantly stronger than any other hunter on Earth, and could wash any monster that any hunter had ever encountered. So where was the story going to go? So now we're getting you know it's it's like basically like the into space. Portion right, of... it's, it's like, you know, the first part is becoming zesty, and this almost feels like a hard break. Now we're in part two, which is, we're doing the actual plot now, this giant monster war, which I'm here for. I'm totally ready for that. That's fucking sweet. I uh, would still like to see cool fights, one-on-one. -on -one. I have a suspicion it's going to be getting more into battlefield uh, commanding type stuff, which is still cool, but... Hoping that my man can still arise some some more bulls to join the legions, I like that. All I can say is it's it's game time. It's this, yeah. This is it's this game is time. Like, it, it, you know when you, <laughs> I I just had to hold back a little bit of this like knowing thing like this is right around the corner when when we're you know going through orcs in the high school <laughs> arc and it's like dear God come on. It's, right there this, <laughs> this is about to go full throttle out of the space system just like okay you know we're we're in time lord shadow monarch you know cosmic galaxy scale now not that's great i have nothing like that solo leveling is doing exactly what i want it to do which is be rad and i'm here for it that's great like it's it's exceeding my expectations. Like I don't come into this show being like like Chainsaw Man. Like this is gonna make me 
like feel a lot of things. It, no, it's like I'm trying to see a giant monster fight, and we got it in beautiful color. That's wonderful. Love solo leveling. Nothing but nice things to say. And I'll, I'll, I'll let's just let's just uh, remove Doctor Stone from the judgment because it's it doesn't really enter the conversation to begin with. That's a, that's a clean five for five. It's this really is, this is a good week for for our, our and it seems and like fans. we're only going up from here. Yeah, the I, stories are all cranking up right now, it's which big is time. Big, it's time. big time. Yeah, Boku should be around the corner, probably the closest to Denimont. Um, One Piece definitely just knowing the pacing of One Piece. There's another twenty or thirty chapters of of you know Wano conclusion at least. But at least a thousand is going to be lit. A, a thousand is right around the corner, and that's going to be lit. Chainsaw Man, who can say for sure? And now, uh, solo leveling, we've taken our our first great step into the grand unknown of uh, learning about the entire world of soul, like the greater cosmic world of solo leveling. This sort of like Lovecraftian threat to humanity beyond the perceptible world, the history of the Shadow Monarch and its relationship to Sung Jin Wu. And uh, even the immediate future is cool because this angel is about to start fucking killing yeah. like uh, S tier hunters. That's yeah. It's it's. I I don't really have anything to say other than I'm ready. I've waited and I'm ready and I'm let's let's go. It's time. Okay, so if if, you, if you're ready to go, we'll we'll zip the spade up for this week. Look forward to next week and conclude with a little discussion of where I am in Fire Force. Right. What. I think it'll be more helpful to say what, because I watched the the anime. Okay, cool, cool, cool. What are you up to um, in the story? Those, the two people from the White Hooded organization are, um, have unleashed chaos in Asakusa. Oh, by the way, time out, another translation thing. They call them the White Clad in the anime, which is way cooler than the the White Hoods, which is, I've also seen it translated. I I think they were saying, they, they don't like... Pro- they don't make it proper in this. They're they're just like oh, like those those people who wear white, like those white hooded people. You know, yeah. it's it's not like the white clad. So hold out hope that th- before I get into exactly where I am, yes, I noticed like literally right off the bat because I had I had watched you know four or five episodes of of the anime that first chapter they they call the infernals in in the translation that i'm reading flame people so much like, worse no that's terrible uh what what's the word that they say uh latom la, yeah latom they go uh ratomu <laughs> in, in this this manga which uh it's uh, it's not good but i don't like that's that's sort of a you know just there's no like plus or minus to really be had there it's just a word they say um Instead of Adola burst and Adola link, they say Adora link. Adora the made up words is less bad. Right, right, exactly. But you know the the translation choices. Uh, that's 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 a bigger one. Yeah. So, anyways, um, those people have been causing havoc in Asakusa. There's you know they were impersonating all the people there, which is Benny Mara and the Seventh's um, like district, jurisdic- yeah, uh, jurisdiction. So, um, we got the backstory with Captain Conroe and Benny Morrow and the fact that Conroe basically sacrificed himself as a third generation using his overheat to defeat this demon infernal, uh, you know, a couple years ago. And now the demon infernal is back. We see confirmed because there's a two on two fight with 
the white clad and Archer or Archer Arthur and Shinra. They're sort of beating them back a little bit. Arthur and Shinra are beating back the white clad. And one of the white clad eats a bug and is like, I'm going in. And he becomes a demon infernal. So they can no longer even damage this guy. He's crazy strong. But Benny Morrow had his 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 own personal sort of struggle that he, he you know, he realized he's the leader now. People were looking to him in their time of need. And then, you know, he pops up onto onto the top of it so he can on top of their little tower so he can get a good view and he realizes he needs to go over and beat the snot out of this same sort of demon infernal thing that burn you know was 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 terrorizing their city and and that Conroe basically gave his powers to be able to save or to be able to defeat a couple of years ago and Benny Moore just showed up on the scene and started rocking this demon nice. infernal uh and that's where I am so thoughts opinions so far it's popping it is it's, it's popping it's poppin'. um it combines two of the really good aspects that we were talking about that we've we've harped on a lot on on the manga that we're discussing the satisfying choreography and punches and powers of Jujutsu Kaisen you know the fights in it are just cool they're easy to follow and they hit hard with this um it's maybe not as well developed but um on on both counts but it's almost there on both counts Combining it with the sort of cool world building and religious imagery of Chainsaw Man, I I like the way that you sort of, you know, you you have a fairly straightforward concept at the beginning. You fight fire with fire, and then you know very quickly it's blown open into like intrigue and conspiracy and sort of religious symbolism. Um, it's 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 really cool. Uh, I like. You know, it, we we watched earlier, Dylan and I, uh, the fight between um, Shinra and the dude from the first who has his... Rekka. Yeah, Rekka, the star, star boy. Um, that, you know, served as a good illustration of the dynamic that I'm talking about. Uh, on one level, I thought it was really interesting writing... Um, it shows that they have like a sort of good hold on, on, on tropes and subverting them and playing with them because you ha like have these very stark moments of like Shinra is bathed in darkness with his demonic grin. And then this other guy is like, you know, thumbs upping the camera with stars in his eyes and a smile, like a normal smile. And he looks like a hero and he's bathed in light, wearing white and, Without any dialogue, you'd be like, that's the good guy and Shinra's the bad guy. But it's it's just a cool play on tropes. And, and you know, there's there's a ton of that in that show um, and, and the manga. But at the same time, it's just a, a kick-ass fight, too. Yeah, it's... Like, it's, Shinra flying out of the sky and, and stomp-kicking this dude's face into the ground. He, that's badass. He has such a great power for fights because, basically, as he says, he can... Uh, you know, bounce off of anything. He, he the whole world is is a foothold, right? Exactly. Him. So that opens up to all kinds of crazy attacks and mobility. Just very like very visually interesting. Yeah, and the way it's drawn delivers on on like the potential of yeah. That. Um, the thing that I like the overarching feeling that I have with this show like is like it's like creepy. You know, like they may, they go out of their way to make people look unsettling. As you say, Shinra, his thing is like he smiles when he gets nervous, so he looks like a demon. But pretty much everyone, even the good guys, have 
panels like that, but it's more just like this sort of fatalism that permeates the whole show because people are like, yeah, I could burst into flames and die at any minute. And like, that fucking sucks, but that's life. And they all worship this really creepy, like sun God. Just the whole mm-hmm. thing is just like very twisted and dark in a way that I love, you know, like Rekka's a perfect example as he's burning these children alive. He's like, yes, try harder. Believe in yourself. You can do it. And just like the juxtaposition of what is normally like hot blooded youth with like murdering children i'm like whoa, whoa this yeah, that's cool it's, it's playing with tropes like yeah. they they understand that and they use it to a good effect and a creepy effect yeah like exactly like you said i'll throw in there the 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 world building the religious imagery as Rekka is sort of defeated he's letting them in on what the preacher's goal is and it just ends with this like really cool panel of like it's basically like a it looks like a medieval illumination you know yeah. it's like the sun, as you mentioned, sun cults are, are pretty creepy. Yeah, it definitely. Gets, it, it gets into some like ancient horror stuff. You know, that's that's uh, that's like early human uh, sort of yeah. fears and and. Uh, we don't really know too much mechanisms. about the evangelist, even where I am in the story. But that's the vibe that I get. Like this, this fucker is. Oh, old. that's another one. Evangelist, much yeah. better than the preacher. Yeah. Uh, no, come on. Um, but yeah, yeah, all of those are 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 just. Uh, Pile reasons on reasons as to why this the show is really enjoyable. I was really concerned at first because I was like, they all have fire powers, like that's gonna get old fast. But no, they do a good job of making people different and giving them interesting uh, abilities, all kind of under this umbrella of fire, which is cool. It's it's that's the that's something that I love. You know, when you can take an abstract concept and be very creative with it. Like the lieutenant, he controls the little explosions and bullets. Very nice. I, I like that. That's, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the kind of... And Benny Maru shoots missiles, bro. How, how cool is that? Sometimes it's wildly creative sort of in an expansive way. Sometimes it's in a, in a reductive way, too. Like, the dude who is basically just an archer, that's fire. Or yeah. Arthur, who is... He just... Like, I was, I was asking Dylan earlier, like, he has, he has plasma powers. Does he ever do anything else with that, or does he just use his sword? No, he just uses his sword. Cool, I'm fine with that. You know, it it there's a, um, a two way street there that it works because he just makes a believable world, in in both like an inventive way and a restrictive way with it all having yeah. to do with fire. I'm definitely very into it. Uh, Jake is reading at a good pace, so maybe within the next couple weeks we can. We can talk about it. I'm not quite caught up either because I just started reading the manga at the point that the anime ends, so I have about 100 chapters to go as well. So we'll see what happens. If you catch up to where I am, we might just be able to talk about where we're at. Yeah, I I don't think we should devote as much time maybe to it as we do to the other ones until we are are caught up just for the sake of, you know, I don't know how much people will want to listen to discussions of stuff they read a couple months ago, but I'm with it. Yeah. Uh, the only other note I had was I love, I, I actually think it's, I was laughing out loud a couple times when I was reading it. My, my favorite gag so far involved the, the company commander, their captain. Uh, I forget his name. The uh, bullet dude. Um, like his hat gag. Yeah. Those are, those are hilarious. hilarious. I love, I laughed out loud when, when, uh, you know, they, they finished their, their like, uh, fight with the, uh, fifth, 
and their solution as to how they're going to prevent the overseers from, like, in- investigating too much is, like, well, oh, we'll have a dinner party. <laughs> and then <laughs> it shows the captain, like, with, like, all the ingredients on the grill. He's, like, envision the final product. Perfectly adjust, calibrate the heat of all the flames. <laughs> uh, that, now, that dude is funny. One thing... Uh, the, no. I, I think we're I think we're arriving at the same the same conclusion here. This fucking cat girl, I've had it with the cat girl, bro. I the lucky the lucky lewdness the lucky lechery. It's listen. I understand that this is anime and there's titties in there, but it's every time she's on screen, it's oh my shirt is off again. Yeah, it is omnipresent, and it it it's like it's. Excessive too. They have like hands down panties, yeah. like hands grabbing boobs. And it's like, yo, this is this is wrong. Yeah, and it's it's one thing if it's like every once in a while. No, during fights even it's happening. It's like yeah, in the in the one we were watching today, it's a, a triple gag of of like Shinra gets knocked back by Rekka and then his face is in her boobs. Then Shinra gets knocked back by Rekka and he's like kissing her, and then Rekka's attack like. Uh, you know, melts her clothes off. So, Jesus Christ, just yeah. like gives her this is a serious moment in the show. And I mean, I, I, I tons of manga have funny moments. Like, as a fan of One Piece, I can't fault somebody for throwing funny moments in, in serious moments. That's One Piece to a T. Um, and One Piece actually affects the plot with it, which is <laughs> above and beyond anything else, but uh. No, that it's just it's not funny to me, and I'm not enough of a hornball to <laughs> enjoy the fan service. Yeah. So I'm just like, all right, let's let's. Uh, that's one nice thing about the manga is that you know I could just be like, eh, all right, we're you know I'm cruising down the page. I don't have to wait the, f- the 15 to 30 seconds for the gag to be over in the anime. Yeah. It's also like, why does she have cat powers? What does that have to do with fire? But yeah, whatever. That, that, Fine. That's, that's a little bit frustrating, especially considering that everybody else in the show has something they do with their. She just hope maybe someday there will be a payoff there, and there's something developed with the cat thing. I, up until now, like, what is it? Just a conscious choice or some weird subconscious quirk that y- your fire just manifests around you in a, in this cat shape? I don't. I don't know. know. I don't care. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, cool it. I don't know. I don't Stay think they're out cooling of my way. it anytime soon with the Tamaki stuff. So, yeah. but other than that, like Fire Force is is pretty it's rad. Yeah, it's popping. It's and cool. I, I also I have a significant interest in in reading Golden Kamai. So, dude, you um, definitely should. What's what I like about it? I kind of said this at the beginning. The sense that I'm getting from reading it is that Hokkaido, the nearest, um, especially at this time period, the nearest analogy would be like the American frontier. Because it's very much about the wilderness and hunting and survivalism. And it pretty much all takes place in Hokkaido. And you get a lot of, a lot about Ainu culture. Like, you might say too much to where it distracts from the plot. But, like, she's always talking about hunting methods and how to prepare beautiful food shots. So it's, it's cool. It's, it's definitely very interesting. Uh, but let's get to the, the skinning of men to get some gold. That would be <laughs> great, please. Um... Just, just when is it set? It, like, no, it after, has to be after the Russo-Japanese War, so right. between uh, after nineteen oh four. Right, basically, right around that time period. Like, like Immortal Sugimoto is like a veteran of Port Arthur. He's just come back. 
his friend died in the war and he's like, I'm not going to be fucking poor. I'm going to be rich. I'm going to get this gold. Game on. So just, I'm going to be a poindexter and say it. You know, at the beginning of the episode, you said it's set at the beginning of the Meiji period. And I was fine. Wrong. Wrong that's, about that. It's the end of the Meiji period. Yeah. But. Yeah, I guess that's true because that's right around when they started to ramp up for imperialism. <laughs> Taisho period would yeah. be, uh, like, I think 1913. It's also interesting uh, to see because uh, given what we know the imperial Japanese military will become, you see a lot more of a, let's call it a sympathetic view of that group of people through Sugimoto, who's like... Mm, interesting. He, he, he's... Because I, I would I would assume, especially from, like, the two episodes of the, the anime that I watched, that he would be like, yeah, fuck the Japanese military. They're, you know, they... Yeah, I, well, he, I, I threw my life on the line for them, and now I'm reduced to, like, panning for gold. He doesn't, he doesn't really... At least so far, there hasn't been much discussion of that. It's, it's more just like, he's like a good guy. Like, yeah, he's very violent, uh, but he's like, you know, he's a hero at the end. Oh, it smiles on his involvement in the war. Okay, yeah, 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 I I could see that. Um, Interesting. Yeah, it's cool, and the main villain is really great. He got his fucking head exploded by a a shell in the war, and so now he has a rage problem. He can't control his temper anymore, and he's got a fucking plastic forehead that leaks goo all the time. Scary, scary guy. (laughs) But it's a little bit slow, as I said. I've, we've gotten 50 chapters of, of how the Ainu hunt various species. Do you know how many chapters are out right now? 260-ish? Okay. Yeah. yeah that's... It's definitely worth a read, though, listener son. if you're out there. Like, the, the premise alone is enough that I'm, like, I'm here for it. It, it, it. I've seen a couple screenshots of the manga. It also looks... Yeah, really it looks good. Drawn. It, it looks cool. Um, Got anything else? My closing thought is I'll never forget the Japanese eras now, thanks to Otoboki Beaver. <laughs> That's what they're saying? I, I, wow, you learned me something. I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, Otoboki Beaver is an all-female punk band from Japan, and they whip They ass. whip big time. They are so good. Love. Otoboki Beaver, please notice me. Let me hang out with you. You seem really cool. All right. That's it? I'm going to read more Fire Force. All right. As always, everyone, you can check us out at The Weekly Spate. We're going to be on Discord soon, theweeklyspate at gmail.com and on Instagram. We might have a Twitter. Do we have a Twitter? We do have a Twitter. All right. I don't know. if I think I've tweeted, like, once on it. But start... Do us a solid and start following us on... Like, literally, if you are a new follower on any one of those, then we'll be like, okay, someone is listening. And we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll start. I will one. write you a handwritten thank you. Like, if you're out there, just like, send us an email, man. We... Oh, oh, here, here, here. How about this? If you follow us, send us a message and we'll shout you out. Deal. Like, if we will shout you out 10 times <laughs> if you send us a, an actual message and tell us that you're listening to this right now. The code word is, is goose egg. Goose egg. Tell Love us that. Goose egg in a message on any social media or even an email. Or even in real life, if you know us, I guess. <laughs> and, uh, um, we will give you a big uh, digital shout out, a big shout out on on, uh, on our next. Love. All right, that's it, guys. Uh, have a good night. We'll see you next week. Peace. Peace.